Hey there, welcome back to the Clay in the Stage podcast. How are you? I hope you're well. I'm Angela Lucier. I'm your host. I'm also an author, speaker, and CEO and founder of the Speaker Sisterhood, a network of public speaking clubs for women, which as of this week, we now have 15 clubs around the well, mostly around the Northeast, and one very special club in New Zealand. Lots of new clubs launching. If you live in the Boston area, Portland, Maine, Lehigh Valley, Pennsylvania, Western Mass, the Pioneer Valley area, we have a new club launching in the Hartford, Connecticut area. If you're in any of those places and you're listening right now, go to speakersisterhood.com, check out our club directory, and go to a club. You will be so happy you did. We are now celebrating our first year in business, and it is incredible to watch the growth and the tremendous accomplishments of the women who have been coming to the meetings consistently, giving speeches, and learning so much about themselves, and and also just totally changing their lives by going for jobs they think they could never get before, asking for promotions, giving talks to business owners and new audiences having different conversations than they've ever had before. If any of this sounds interesting to you, you definitely want to check out the Speaker Sisterhood. And if you have any interest in starting a club in Boston or Massachusetts, anywhere in Massachusetts or Connecticut, definitely give me a call. Let me know. I'd love to talk with you. We are expanding with enthusiasm. (laughs) On today's show, I'm interviewing Jan Saunders Maresh, who is an expert at creating offers your audience can't resist. So if you're the type of speaker who, you know, gets up on stage and has an interest in selling something at the end, and you're finding that you're not converting enough audience members into customers, or you're struggling with how to make a really clear, succinct goal for your talks, you're going to love what Jan has to say about that. She gives us the critical components you need to know in order to create a successful talk. She teaches us how to get the right people in the seats. And she talks about one of her big mistakes she made over time that she probably won't make again. So um, today's episode, all about crafting an offer your audience can't resist. Definitely some good gems in here today. And without further ado, here's my interview. This is exciting. This is my first podcast interview that we're doing live on Facebook at the same time. So doing some serious multitasking here. (laughs) Sure, this is awesome. Yeah. So Jan, I'm going to just introduce you to the audience and then we'll jump into our interview. Okay. Uh, Jan Saunders-Maresh is a group talk expert and top-selling For Dummies author. Early in 2014, Jan launched Talks That Sell, where she teaches business owners how she sold a million dollars of a $20 product in 18 months. So amazing. She also regularly teaches online classes and speaks at national and local industry events. Jan lives with her husband and crazy rescue dog in Longmeadow, Massachusetts, and is the proud mom of her rocket scientist son, and he is actually a rocket scientist. Her favorite things are almost anything mid-century modern, dark chocolate, and everything her husband cooks. You can get more information about Jan at TalksThatSell.com. Jan, welcome to the show. Thank you. This is really exciting. Talk about a multitasker. You're amazing. (laughs) Well, you know, we've got a lot of things going on over here, so we're always looking Uh for ways to help people in new ways. So we'll see how this goes. (laughs) So Jan, you and I met, I think maybe two or three years ago through Valley Venture Mentors. We co-presented a workshop 
uh, for Cowork Springfield that you did about this very topic. So I got to sit in your audience and experience the amazingness that you're going to share here today about how to craft an offer your audience can't resist. So this is a really important topic if you're a speaker and you're someone who gets on stage because you really want to sell a product or a service. And at the end of the talk, if you're not converting and you're not you know, getting new clients, this is an episode people really want to hear. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. before we jump into that, though, can you tell us how you got into this kind of work? Sure. Um, well, you, you heard the little, you know, million dollar story, which, you know, I'm thinking, oh, yeah, everybody can do this. But um, this was and and Angela and audience, you have to know, I'm old. I know stuff. This happened in the early 80s. Okay, so um, I was out of a corporate job, and that was the first time our country had been, or at least in my life, in a really serious uh, recession. And if I didn't find work, I was going to have to move home with my mom and dad. That was not in my business plan. And uh, I ended up taking a sales position. I never really had sold anything. I didn't know what I was doing, but the the... One thing I asked the the guy who was interviewing me, I said, "Do you do you are you going to teach me how to do this?" Yes, we will. Okay, so as long as they could teach me how to do this, I figured out, you know, I could learn it. So um, I ended up selling uh, school jackets to kindergarten through eighth grade kids, and I had no idea that that age group would even like school jackets. I have a degree in secondary education because little kids scared me. They're like herding cats. You know? So, um, but anyway, they taught me this process and I ended up uh, going in front of assemblies full of these little kids and told them about these cool school jackets. And I ended up selling a million dollars worth of these $20 jackets in two school years that's a lot of jackets. That was like 1984. So that's a lot. It is a lot now. Yeah. And I always talk about my silly little jacket job, but the cool thing about it was it taught me a sales and marketing process that um, I then was able to use to sell my books because my first book came out and I thought, you know, it worked for this. Um, okay. These are adults. It probably will work the same way. And it did. And, um, then I taught other authors how to do this and educators in, in uh, the industry that I was in. And one thing led to another. And every time I had to reinvent myself, which was often because uh, my husband um, works for uh, an automobile manufacturer and we move about every five years, every five years. Wow. He gets to go to the same place. I get to figure out what I'm going to do next. And so I kept taking this same system and just tweaking it and making it a little bit better. And, and I was able to always make a really nice living and sell whatever it was I was doing at the time. So that's a kind of reader's digest version of it. <laughs> I love that it came from necessity. And then you started to realize, wow, I have something that works. How can I keep translating it into markets mm -hmm. that could use this? So mm -hmm. can you explain the nuts and bolts of what you teach so that speakers can start thinking about how to even craft an offer and what that means? Yeah, yeah. So um, I always think of doing a talk, uh, you're either a paid speaker and most likely in that case, you're not 
making an offer or you're getting out there to market your business. And so what we tend to do, and I did this early on, um, is that we think we need to tell everything to everybody all the time and it's just going to be this content rich and they're just going to love me and that doesn't happen. <laughs> okay, so what you have to do is you have to figure out where it is you want your audience to go at the end and then you reverse engineer the talk in such a way that you take them there. And the cool thing about this is that you get to decide what that is. Uh, you might want to take them to a, um, uh, a strategy session. You may want to sell a ticket to a live workshop that you're doing. You may want them to buy a book or some physical product, but you get to decide what that is and then you work the process backwards from there. And the, 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 the talk process is pretty, pretty formulaic, um, but it really works. And, uh, you know, you start off with, you know, why are you doing what you're doing? Everybody has a really interesting story. I know you spend a lot of time working on personal stories and because that's your secret sauce that's your connection to that audience and then um you know steps from there but the first part of it is just to decide where is it you want them to go at the end mm -hmm. so before we jump into more of the the components that make your offer really attractive how do you even get the right people into the room what is that process like? <laughs> okay, that's a, that's a really good one. So there really are two different ways of doing it. If you've never done a talk before, and I do this a lot with clients where, oh gosh, I've never done this. I don't know if I know anybody. What we do is a launch. So you, you take a look at your, uh, what I, basically your, your circle of influence and ramp it up. Um, I call it creating your power circle. And so you take a look at the people that you know and divide them into three groups. Basically, you know, those that you think might like what you have, those you're not sure, and those that just love you because they love you. Um, and you do a launch and guide them through this talk. And at the end, you end up usually selling something to someone, but you also are asking the people that attend that to give you an idea as to the topic that you've, you've uh, spoken about. Um, do they know another group that might want to bring you in? Okay, so that's kind of how you get the whole thing started. And then uh, once you have a sponsor bringing you in, then um, I, in, in one of my passes through business here in my lifetime, um, I uh, started a direct sales company. And it was a party plan company. And one of the things that you do in a party plan and you sell stuff in a party plan sort of way, like Pampered Chef or one of those kind of companies, is that you do host coaching. And so it's really similar if a sponsor is bringing you in is you coach them about who it is they're going to be bringing in and getting them excited about um, bringing their group in front of you. And so I have a series of, of uh, teaser emails and that kind of thing that, that will give them some ammunition and ways to connect with their 
people so that they're excited about bringing you in and the people are excited about attending and that's how you get the, the butts and seats and you and you have a really basically what you do is you team up with your sponsor as a marketing team and you're helping them every step along the way so that um, it makes it easier for them and you get the right people there mm-hmm. and so what you mentioned earlier about first starting at the end, what is your goal and working backwards, that sounds just as important for your marketing messaging too, to make sure that you're getting the right people into the space and then they know that what they're there to accomplish or maybe to gain from, from hearing you speak. So what are a few major components, I think there are three, that go into creating an offer that consistently converts those audience members into buyers or clients? Yeah, the first thing, and it sounds really silly, but the very first thing you need to figure out is what is it that they want? People will not buy anything unless they want it. And so the illustration that I make is um, uh, I was diagnosed with high blood pressure last year, which was really weird. None of, no one in our family ever had high blood pressure. Why me? But anyway, so I go into the doctor and she says, uh, okay, Jan, you have a couple of uh, choices here. You can lose 10, 15 pounds um, or you can go on medication. Well, here's the problem. I love chocolate chip cookies. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so as much as I know I need to exercise and lose weight, that cookie is just sort of always looming out there, and that's what wins. And so unless you know what they want, you're not going to sell anything to them. And so that is uh, step number two, or number one. Figure out what their chocolate chip cookie is. Exactly. Exactly. And so do you do that before the event by doing interviews and asking questions or do you kind of interview your audience when they get in there and ask them questions? Um, what I do is because of the, um, the topic and the sponsor that's bringing them in, I kind of know what that is. So for example, um, if I were to talk to the um, a realtors association, for example, or I'd come in and do a, I've, I've done, I wrote staging for dummies. So a, a staging talk. Well, I know what an agent wants. They want to sell more for a higher price, fewer days on the market. I know that. So if you are speaking about, you know, anything that is in your industry, chances are you kind of know what that is. And um, if you don't, then most certainly you can do um, some informal focus groups, or if you have a mailing list, you can send out a, a survey to find out, you know, what, what are the, what's really keeping them up at night, mm-hmm. and then, you know, go from there. But usually that's, you kind of know if you're in the industry. Right. Okay. So that's the first component, component figuring out what they want. What's the second component? Yeah, the second component is to take them on a path so that they can identify with you. Because when you're a speaker, and every time there is a, you know, you whoever stands up in front of the room automatically becomes an expert, whether they are or not. But you 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 taken that chance. You're standing up. You're saying, "Hey, I know something. You you need to listen." And uh, so. Uh, when you do that, 
what it does is it puts a barrier oftentimes between you and the audience. So you need to connect the dots for them because they're incapable of doing that. So the best thing is to start with your story so that they understand, okay, she's where I was once. She figured it out and I can too. And this makes a really great connection with the audience and it, it um, shortcuts that no like trust factor because you're able to build it, uh, build it immediately. Mm -hmm. okay. okay. So you find out what they want. You tell your story to connect with them. And then what's the third thing? Yeah. The third thing is that you, um, you present, you, you want to make sure to um, let them know what's coming up next. Um, because here's, here's the rub. If you're talking, 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 and you're doing this great content, and all of a sudden you get to the end and you say, hey, I've got something to sell you. Who, who's who's going to take you up on that? Nobody. Okay. So you have to make sure and plant those seeds as you are going through that talk and let them know what's what's happening next or what to look forward to. So what I do in my introduction is I say, you know, um, this is the name of my talk. This is what we're going to do today. And for some of you, that's going to be really enough. But for some, for others of you, you're going to want to know some additional steps to take, or you're going to want some additional resources. And I have you covered that way. And that way, when you, when you prepare them for what's coming up next, and then you continue to see, oh, I'm going to be telling you a little bit more about that later. We don't have time today. Then when you get to the end and make that offer, they're expecting it. They're looking forward to it. And it's, you don't come off as salesy or weird. You don't come off as, you know, trying to shove something down somebody's throat because that does not work. <laughs> yeah. And I love the way you presented it. Like you might be in one of these two groups because as soon as you said that, you made me wonder like, which group am I in? I'm, and I'm going to keep wondering that throughout the talk to find out if I'm someone who only needs what I have today or if I can go for more. So I like that you're putting the decision in, in my court and not like, now I'm going to force all this stuff down your throat. So, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I love that. Um, so, okay, the three components are find out what they want or know what they want, tell your story, and then kind of give them an idea that you're going to be selling them something throughout the presentation. So how do you craft your offer so a percentage of every group always does business with you? That's a great question. Um, I, because what, what you're trying to do, you're creating a sales funnel. And so, and I have been to a lot of presentations where, you know, people will talk for 15, well, maybe 45 minutes, and then they wonder why someone isn't going to just spend that $5,000 on whatever it might be, <laughs> okay? So you have to think in terms of baby steps. What is the entry point? What is the very first thing someone might want to do to know or learn a little bit more about you. So um, what I find works really well is that I offer a um, results strategy session. And sometimes I charge for it, depends on the group, and I'll charge up to eh, $149 for it. Or sometimes, depending upon what it, what it is, I'll, I'll do it complimentary. But you want to make it really easy for people to say yes. 
And if you're asking them to take too big of a leap, they, they just can't do that. And free is pretty cool. I mean, I find that it works really well. It's non-threatening. Um, you know, I have a very specific reason why I want to get them in a strategy session and a process that I carry, I walk them through so that I can find out if in fact, because I do, I do business coaching, if in fact there's a, a match there, you know, if I want them, if they want me. Um, and so just make sure it's a, it's a reasonable, I mean, it could be a book, it, it'd be a, you know, $10 book, uh, $20 book, something like that. Uh, but basically, you're looking for a kind of low-hanging fruit and not because they've never, many, many times, they've never heard you before. They, 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 there isn't, there's some level of trust, but they still, you still need to earn more of it. And giving them a really easy place to take the first step is what I would recommend. Okay. I love that. Do you see, what are some of the mistakes you see people make when they start kind of using this process? <laughs> yeah. Um, can I share a really big one of mine? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I knew better. This is the, this is the funniest thing. I knew better. So we, we moved here to new England and home staging for dummies had just come out and someone, I don't know who um, let the library know in my town here that I, I'm a new resident and I wrote a book and so they contacted me and said, would you like to do a talk? And I went, oh, isn't that fun? I'll just, this'll be great. I'll meet some people, you know, it'll be fun. I love doing this. And so I wanna tell you, I, I even went out to, um, uh, to Sherwin Williams and I got them to, um, make a whole bucket of uh, stuff that people need when they're fixing up their houses, my giveaway. I mean, I just, it was so fun. And I made this beautiful PowerPoint presentation and man, I rocked the room. I am telling you, people are cheering, they're laughing, they're clapping, they're, you know, I I'm thinking, man, I am gonna clean up here. I've got my stack of books. I'm gonna get a bunch of staging consultations from this. And uh, so anyway, I'm standing at the exit of this, this presentation, and I think there were 125 people there, something like that. It was really well attended. And one by one, the people are going out, Jan, that's the best thing I've ever heard. Oh my gosh, I'm just going to go home and I'm going to clean out my closets. And, you know, one by one, do you want to buy a book? You want know yeah, book a consultation? And don't get me wrong, I, I did get some staging consultations and I did sell some books, but I call this my $5,000 mistake. And the biggest mistake I made was not figuring out where it was I wanted them to go at the end and then just vomiting content all over them, <laughs> thinking they're just going to automatically buy this. So that's probably the biggest mistake. And, and then the other part of it is the guilt that comes from thinking, oh my gosh, I'm not delivering enough content for them. But remember, if you're an expert in something, you might have been studying it for a year, two years, 10 years, your lifetime. There's absolutely no way you're going to be able to communicate everything that you know in a 45-minute talk. It's impossible, or an hour talk, or even probably three days. Yeah, and you probably don't want to anyway, because that's really don't. overwhelming for your audience. Yeah, exactly, and they, they can't take it all in. Yeah. 
So, um, so just realize that probably two thirds of the talk is going to be content and that offer piece is going to be a good third because what this allows you to do, and this is the coolest thing about doing a presentation in front of a group, is you get to, you get to handle those objections up front. You know what they are. So the last third is answering those frequently asked questions. And by doing that one by one by one, you're answering those objections, you're taking them off the table, your audience has already been thinking about what, oh gosh, I'd like to do this, but what about this? What about this? What about this? And you handle all of that up front so that when you get to the end, you've answered it all. Yeah. <laughs> and if they are liking you and they want to take those next steps, they're more apt to do that because what happens is that they're come they're they're already warmed up they already know what you do so yeah. great tips i love that and i think you get everybody on the same page you get them comfortable and also when you can just say their objections to them instead of them having to say them to you it also helps to build that trust and understanding and relatability because you're saying hey i know i know you guys i know the questions you're asking and then they can start to get a sense that like you're someone who is credible and you know a lot about the subject. So let's jump into our lightning round. We have six. Oh my gosh, this is so fast. <laughs> it's so fast. Wow, it goes so fast. All right, sure. Number one, what's the number one piece of advice you have for women who want to be well-known speakers? Embrace your own story. This is your secret sauce. This is what makes you different from everybody else out there. And when you do that with authenticity, there's, there's no replacement. You, you automatically connect with that audience or at least the people who, want, who you want to connect with you and you become human to them. So that's, that's it. Your secret sauce is your story. Love it. Number two, do you have a personal operating philosophy? And if so, what is it? Yeah, I do. Um, it is... Um, operate from a place of integrity and, serve, and service. And what I've discovered is like attracts like. Um, you're going to find clients that you want to work with when you do this. You're going to find mentors who have the same, uh, the same philosophy so that they are in a place of, of, of service and integrity uh, because there's a lot lacking in that area out there. And uh, so, you know, you'll be able to bring people up who need it and you're, you'll be able to accept them from those that, that can really help you. Number three, what advice would you give to your 25 year old self? Keep that optimism, baby. <laughs> oh my gosh, I was so naive and honestly, if I knew then what I knew now, I wouldn't have done half of what I've done because I didn't know what I didn't know. Yeah. And um, really, I think that's the way it's supposed to be because otherwise nothing would get done and we wouldn't learn anything. So just, you know, just keep that. Remember what it was like when you didn't know anything and, and the world was your oyster and you just tried anything because... You just did. So that's that one. 
<laughs> what advice do you have for your 75-year-old self? Never stop learning. Never stop learning. As long as you have a brain, <laughs> and never stop learning. Um, it's what keeps, oh, just keeps you, it keeps you vital. It keeps you connected with people and yourself. And, you know, I'm 66 years old. In the last, in the time that I've been here in New England, I have, I can't even tell you how much I've learned. And it's just been so much fun. And I just, you know, I would encourage you to just keep on learning. And number five, if you had to pick one object to represent yourself, what would you pick? I would pick a Dale Chihuly glass sculpture. And I don't know if anybody knows who Dale Chihuly is out there. He, um, he's actually one of the seven wonders of the world, according to whoever figures that out. But he designs these beautiful glass sculptures. And um, I find they're, they're often installed in botanical gardens, and they're very, um, very colorful. They're all different shapes and curly cues. And um, I would just love to be one of those and sit by a pond and just a whole bunch of beautiful flowers. <laughs> that sounds wonderful. <laughs> uh, lastly, what does it mean to you to claim the stage? It, again, it means... Uh, connection to your story um, because when you do that and you can share what you've learned with your audience um, to me there's just nothing like it and when that person who's sitting in the audience feels like they are being or I'm speaking directly to them that's when you make that connection so um, that's to me what claiming the stage is really making that connection, that personal connection with yourself. Yeah. Is there anything you'd like to share with my audience, like any events or offers? Yeah, I have a cool thing that I thought they would like, and it's my list of 17 talk venues you've never thought of, and one great way to build a list. <laughs> so if yeah, so if they want if they want that, all they have to do is to go to um, talkstar123.com, and that's talkstar like rock star, but talkstar one two three. So it's spelled T O C K. It's T A L K. Oh, okay. <laughs> Talk. Oh, <laughs> talks T A L K star one two three. Dot com. Now, I tried getting Talkstar without the numbers, and they wanted $18,000 for that wow. URL, so I added one, two, three. Good idea. So, so anyway, um, if they go there, um, they can go ahead and, uh, and get the, uh, my list of 17 talk venues that they've never thought of. Perfect. And is there anything else you want to share in terms of websites, finding you on social media? Yeah, yeah. If um, if you want to know a little bit more about uh, what I do and how I work with my clients or testimonials, uh, they can go to talksthatsell.com. Simple as that. Perfect. Well, Jan, thanks so much for coming on the show today and being my first Facebook Live guest for the Claim the Stage podcast. This has really been wonderful and I'm glad to have done this with you. Well, thank you for the invitation and uh, it's always cool to be the first one. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, enjoy your day. We'll talk okay. soon. Okay. Okay. Will do. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
All right, that's it for me today, you guys. I hope you enjoyed our interview and got some good nuggets. I love what Jan said about the importance of sharing your authentic story. I could not agree more. I think that is so critical to relate to your audience, also get them to know you and trust you, and also just to inspire them to see what can happen when they decide to make similar changes. So I hope you got something good from that today. If you like today's episode, please consider leaving a review on iTunes. You can just go to iTunes and spend a minute or so writing a review and it would greatly help our show to find more listeners. That does it for me today, you guys. You know what I'm going to say. Stop waiting, start creating. I'll see you next time.